0: Hi, you're listening to Coffee Talk. I am your host, Liv Alliston. Thank you for joining me in the series that we're on called Living with Open Hands. Uh, today is part four of that series, Living with Open Hands. And again, the concept of this um, is to just trust in the sovereignty of God uh, that stretches across every area of our lives. Um, and what prompted this is one of my favorite quotes by Corey Tenboom It says, hold everything loosely in your hands. Otherwise, it hurts when God pries your fingers open. So pretty convicting quote, a lot of truth there. So today, what we're going to be discussing is living with open hands as far as it concerns your time and your calendars. Uh, I am a type A planner, OCD planner, I guess I would even say. So this is an area that has strongly convicted me personally. Um, I've always, I guess, heard that... Uh, the the scripture that everybody loves to quote, which I also love because it's highly convicting is Proverbs 16, nine, man plans his ways, but the Lord determines his steps. It's a convicting verse. But I think through uh, sermons that I've heard, and the way people, the Christian community talks, it's almost as if they've taken that verse. And it's like, you shouldn't plan at all. And to me, God is the ultimate planner. When you think about it, I mean, he knows the end from the beginning and he orchestrates every event, everything in our lives, he either causes or allows and produces a plan out of that. You know, nothing is wasted. He uses everything for our good. And so, God is the ultimate planner. As his child, as his creation, innately, I am am a planner as well that children pick up traits of their parents and that's a trait that i have that i believe uh, is mirrored in my creator and so it didn't really make sense to me when i kept feeling like people were condemning planning like oh you shouldn't plan cuz it's you know god's going to work everything out well yes he is uh, absolutely but he himself is a planner and it does give me energy and it i love it There is a point when I start planning, when I get to a level of detail and it, instead of energizing me, it drains me and it causes me stress. Um, and that is when that's the line I've learned over the last year or so is that's when I know I'm operating outside of God in that moment. And I'm trying to take control of all the little details. Um, so another scripture I wanted to point out is kind of tied into the main scripture I want to talk about. So Proverbs 27, one says, don't brag about tomorrow since you don't know what the day will bring. Um, And that ties into uh, the verse that uh, I really kind of want to settle on, which is James four, 13 through 17. I'm going to read this in the NIV. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. So that's kind of the verse I want to settle on. Um, I was kind of praying about this particular episode, since this is an area that I've been highly convicted in, and I'm still kind of working through. um, And I've struggled with, you know, should I plan? Should I not plan? Is it Christian to plan? Is it not Christian to plan? Is it arrogance? Is it taking control and sovereignty of God? And I think it's there's there's a balance, uh, like most things in life. And as I was praying about it, uh, for the last few days, I Caught a sermon by Tony Evans. And I'm sure some of you have already um, heard it or seen it. And it was a sermon he gave called, I think it's Hope in the Midst of Heartbreak. And it was the New Year's sermon that he gave for 2020, the day or so after his wife had died of cancer. And it's an amazing message. And what it deals with is planning. And he talks about this James verse. And he talks about how God in the Bible, he doesn't condemn planning. But what he does through this verse in James 4, he doesn't condemn planning. He says, when you plan, leave room for God. Say, if it is the Lord's will, don't assume that you know better than God. Don't assume that you Um, know what's going to happen and that you're in control and that you're sovereign because that's not true. And when you plan, make sure you leave room for God. And one of the lines that he said in his sermon, which I love the way he phrased it is when you plan, leave room for God to call an audible and say, okay, I know you've planned this, but this is the way we're going to go. And so let him be, let him change the plans since he's the one in control of the plans. And so our jobs is, um, you know, we can plan. Absolutely. I enjoy it. I love it. And I even don't mind sometimes when my plans get wrecked because then it gets means that I get to replan. That's how how OCD crazy planner I am. And so, um, what he's saying though, is just when you plan, be flexible and acknowledge that you're not sovereign. You're not in control. You don't even know if you're going to be here tomorrow. You don't know what tomorrow holds. Uh, you know, my son, I mean, we had everything planned out yesterday, what we were going to do. I was you know, fixing dinner and um, getting ready to serve it. And I told everybody to come to the table and then my son fell. He hit his eyebrow on the ceramic tile in the foyer and cut his eyebrow open and we had to take him to urgent care and get five stitches put in. And so that was unplanned. But one of the things that Tony Evans pointed out is that whenever you leave room for God, that he's, he's there with you through whatever change he's he's thrown in there or he's allowed. He's there to comfort you if that change is not something that you really wanted to happen. When you leave room for God in your calendars as opposed to overbooking or completely not even consulting God, that leaves room for our lives to intersect paths with others. So God orchestrates everything, right? He puts everyone in our paths. So everyone that you come into contact with on a daily basis, that's not an accident. Our God doesn't do anything by accident. Everything is purposeful. Uh, Everything has meaning. And so those people were put there in your circle of influence and in your path for that day for a reason. So Are we just going to bypass them? Are we going to, you know, choose to acknowledge, okay, this is here. This person's here for a reason. God, why, why do you have them here in my path? What do you want me to say to them? Or how do you want me to act in this moment to glorify you and to point them to you? Another thing living room in our calendars does, um, it leaves room for mentoring and and praying for others. There have been times where I've had friends uh, that or family that they need something. They're going through something. There's something uh, they haven't planned on going through and happening and they need uh, prayer and they need community and support. And so if I had overbooked and if my booking and my calendar was more important to me than the relationships and what God was asking me to do in that moment in that relationship, then I would have just planned that person out. And instead of surrendering to what God had for me in that moment, and forfeiting my plans and my desires, I would be unable to be used by God in that way to that person and to really participate in something heavenly that's going on and something miraculous going on in their lives because that's whenever we have the opportunity to speak into someone's life and to pray with someone, I mean, we're in the presence of the miraculous. Another thing that uh, leaving room in our calendars it allows rest for our bodies, our minds, and our souls. That's one thing that I I used to have a lot of problems with. Um, My husband would say I still do have some problems with it, (laughs) but I will say I have gotten much better at it, um, is that I used to be so busy. I was like, oh, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. Well, that's not entirely true. One thing my sister taught me, she said someone had mentored her, told her, write down everything that you do in a day. Like as you're doing it, just write it down. This took 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever and write down the amount of time it takes. And then she saw, wow, I actually do have a lot of time in my day. And so I think there are so many missed opportunities because we either are actually overbooked or mentally we're so overbooked and we're so overscheduled and overwhelmed mentally, bogged down by the things that we feel we have to do or we actually have to do perhaps that we, uh, we aren't We can't be used for God's glory. Our bodies and our minds need, and our souls, they need rest. And when you overbook or when you're mentally so overwhelmed in that capacity, you're not living in a state of rest. You're operating in a state of chaos. And when you operate out of chaos that's fear. It's fear-based and that's not of the Lord. And you actually can't accomplish all the things that you would like to, or think you need to accomplish. And all the things that God wants you to accomplish when you're operating in, out of a fear-based chaotic state or a state of worry uh, or panic uh, being overwhelmed, that's not honoring to God. That's not pleasing to him. He is all about rest. No one does as much as God does. There is no one busier than God. I mean, he's, he's got the whole world and everything in it that, that he sustains, that he holds together, according to Colossians 1, um, that he holds everything and sustains all of life. And he's the busiest person in the whole world. And yet he rests and he is all about rest and he is all about refreshment. And he wants you to be refreshed. So you need to build rest into your time. Another thing that when you leave room in your calendars and you you open your, you turn your time over to God, it's, it's telling, it's a testament to the fact that God is in control of your life, not us. And one thing I I just recently, my sister-in-law introduced me to the Bible project and I am smitten. I love it. Um, It's taught me so much and that's a wonderful podcast to listen to. They also have videos that they do uh, that you can access on their website, uh, which I'll put a link to in the show notes. And then you can also access through the Holy Bible app under plans. And so they have some amazing content. Uh, They really dive into the scriptures and the, the true meaning of the Hebrew language. and just all of the, just the layer upon layer upon layer of just literary design and words of the Bible. And it's, it's beautiful. And they recently did a series on their podcast on rest seventh day rest, I believe is what it's called. And they started talking about the Sabbath and then from there, it kind of led through the theme of rest through the Bible. I'll put a link to it. He quoted a Hebrew scholar. It's a long quote, but I'm going to read the, the last summary part. It says, Simply, every seventh day, the Israelite renounces his autonomy and affirms God's dominion over him in the conclusion that every seventh day, the Israelite is to renounce dominion over time, thereby renounce autonomy and recognize God's dominion over time and thus over himself. Keeping the Sabbath is acceptance of the kingdom and sovereignty of God. I didn't ever, I guess, put it together that the Sabbath seventh day rest was affirming and reiterating in your own soul that God is in control, that he's the one who controls time, that he is the sustainer, that he is the provider. The Israelites on that seventh day, they didn't do any work. They didn't make food. They had to trust God for their provision. It's so beautiful and it's so fitting and it makes so much sense when you think about the seventh day rest as, as this is a time to stop what you're doing to stop depending on yourself i mean we should be living like this <laughs> as christians with the indwelling of the holy spirit this is how we should be living on a daily basis um, this is the foundations that he he put in place um with the israelites in the beginning is is stop what you're doing being in control of your own time and just recognize on this one day I am the creator, I am the sustainer of life. I am the provider. I'm the one who controls your time. I'm the one con- who says what's gonna happen tomorrow. You don't even know, don't boast about tomorrow. You don't even know what's gonna happen. And so it's that time of renouncing that you're in control of your life. And like I said, in the New Testament, now that you know Christ is, has died and resurrected, and as believers, we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And with his spirit inside of us, This is how we should be. We should be operating on a seventh day Sabbath rest all the time of continually knowing and living with that awareness and that, that he is our provider, our sustainer, um, that we don't have to strive. That's one of my, my favorite, um, things is that I've, I've been kind of harping on, I guess, for the last year or so is no striving, just dwelling. Stop doing it out of your own strength. That is what I'm talking about when I'm saying stop striving. Don't do it out of your own strength. Rest in his strength. Dwell with him. That's how you can live in a constant state of rest. And that's how you can have joy and have peace right now right here doing whatever you're doing when we run our calendars ourselves when we run our time when we completely block God out and we don't leave any room for him to work to move um to call an audible as Tony Evans put it then that that's telling us a lot about our heart posture and that's telling us we're in control and we think that that we are the ones who are sovereign over our own lives And that's putting yourself in the position of God. I've been there before and I've repented. It's something that I'm constantly working on and aware of um, because this is an area that, like I said, I can kind of run off on a tangent and just start planning and book God completely out of it. So how do we practically live with open hands in this area? One thing I started doing on a daily basis as I'm getting up, having quiet time or leaving the house um, and I don't do it faithfully every day, I'm praying that God will remind me of and prompt me of every day, and my heart will be softened toward. But what I do is I just say, God, I give you my time. I give you my day today. I give you my calendar. I ask you to organize it, to run it, and to have me do what you want me to do. I give you everything that I want to get done and that I feel like I need to do today, but I ask that you bless it and you accomplish what you want to accomplish. And so that's kind of what I've been doing over the last several months. And it's kind of incredible when I, when I wake up in the morning and I pray that, all right, this is what I had on my calendar to do, to do today. Kind of, can't wait to see what's actually going to happen. You know, like, am I actually going to do that? Or is, you know, God going to do something different. And it changes sometimes, you know, what the way I think it's going to happen, it happens. Um, And sometimes it's completely different. But when you open your hands like that first thing in the morning, and you just your heart is open, your hands are open, you're saying, God, I honor you, you are sovereign over time, you are in charge, not me, I'm here for your glory, not my own. What do you want me to do today? Put whoever you want in my path. And when you do that, you have a lot more flexibility and a lot more grace when things don't go your way. And you're like, okay, I I prayed, I gave God my time today. And I told him whatever he wants to have happen, just happen. Just do it. I'm fine with that. Whatever you want, Lord, here I am. And this person intersected in my life today unexpectedly, or this phone call happened, or, you know, this emergency happened or whatever. Then it's, it's like, okay, this is obviously within the sovereignty of God. I mean, everything in our lives is within his sovereignty but when you take that time and you make that acknowledgement first thing in the morning of god i give you my time then everything that you happen- happens throughout that day just reaffirms wow wow, I I do see that you're sovereign. Like I knew you were, but now I see that you are. I experience your sovereignty. And it helps you be more flexible and to enter into that situation, whatever it is, whether it's good or bad, with, with grace. It's one of those things where, you know, I deem certain things important on my task list or my calendar. If it doesn't get done that day, then okay, obviously God did not deem it that important that day, you know, either, you know, it's important for another day or it's not important at all. And just offering up our time is, is offering up our very existence. We are creatures of time. And so acknowledging him in that way has given me a lot of freedom and it's just helped me be so much more flexible, which is actually, it's, it's made me so much happier (laughs) because I'm not chained to my schedule and I think that's that's one thing that it I used to do a lot was it began to dominate me instead of me running my calendar it started running me at a certain point and it's not freedom it's bondage and anything that you are in bondage to is not good unless you were in bondage to the Holy Spirit and he's the one who runs and controls you everything else it it doesn't produce happiness it produces uh, discontentment it robs you of your peace Offering up your time, offering up your very existence, and just saying, God, I give it all to you. Whatever you want to have happen, let it be, Lord. And that reaffirms his sovereignty, and that affirms in your own heart and mind that you're not in control. And it really helps you each day to live with open hands and to just submit to him in every area and to surrender to him. Thank you so much for joining us on part four, living with open hands. Tune in next time, part five. My husband is actually going to be on the show. We're going to be talking living with open hands regarding your dreams and the the dreams and desires that God has put in your heart. It's going to be a really good one. I'm really excited about it. So uh, make sure that you don't miss that one. That'll be in two weeks from today. You've been prayed for. See you next time.